Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Primate Cast. I'm your host, Andrew McIntosh, and this is podcast number 54, where we're joined by Dr. Charlie Nunn. You know, I'm amazed that this keeps, you know, producing <laughs> papers. Yeah. And um, we have, you know, through various collaborations, friends, you know, whatever, new ideas pop up. And mm-hmm. we say, oh, yeah, we could look at that with the Global Mammal Parasite Database. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's partly a reflection of how dynamic the field of, of disease ecology is right. and the kinds of questions that just continuously are, you know, coming up with right. community ecology, for example, or whatever. Um you know, so it, it's been really exciting. So Charlie is professor at Duke University in the Department of Evolutionary Anthropology and the Global Health Institute. And he's also the director of the Triangle Center for Evolutionary Medicine. We sat down with Charlie at last year's IPS meetings in Chicago and had a chance to talk about a number of things that he's been doing over the years, starting with maybe what's most kind of reflective of his work, um, using a comparative perspective in evolutionary anthropology and biology uh, in infectious disease ecology. So we talk about that and how that perspective for him started early, but also led into something that I, and and I know a lot of people I work with um, are really intrigued by and use uh, fairly regularly, the global mammal parasite database, uh, which is a really nice repository online available to everybody um, that, that really focuses on, primates, but also some other mammalian groups uh, and their parasitic uh, infections. Um, Charlie has also worked extensively on the evolution of sleep. And so he was actually at this IPS last year giving a presentation in a sleep symposium. And he talks a little bit about that in this interview as well, and the results of the using a phylogenetic comparative approach on the evolution of sleep in primates and in humans has come to some really uh, interesting uh, conclusions here. So if you go and Google Charlie and pick up any of the publications, the numerous publications he's put out, you'll see that comparative phylogenetic approach is first and foremost in almost all of them. And this is also reflected in a number of books he's been involved with, Infectious Diseases and Primates in 2006, which he co-wrote with Sonia Altizer, The Evolution of Sleep, which he co-edited recently, and the volume on comparative approaches in evolutionary anthropology and biology. And so I think the take-home message from his work uh, and from this interview is that it's really important to embed the phylogenetic or comparative perspective into any research uh, on not just primates, but any aspects of evolution. And so I, I hope that's what you come away with uh, after listening to this. So here's Dr. Charlie Nunn. I Whatever. think for me, the, the biggest thing that has always intrigued me about what you've been doing is that it seemed like right from the beginning you were interested in like a kind of a larger scale perspective on right. asking evolutionary questions. Right, um, right. And I just wonder if that's something from the beginning for you was... Well, you know, it's interesting. I actually started out thinking I would study uh, paleontology, that mm. I'd be a paleontologist, and uh, because I was interested in the big picture... And uh, after I graduated from Dartmouth as an undergraduate, I uh, went on to University of Washington and did an independent study with this guy I'd never heard of, Joe Felsenstein. Okay. And uh, he, of course, developed all sorts of methods to look at trade evolution on a phylogeny. Mm-hmm. And uh, simultaneous with that, I, did a, I took a course with Sievert Rower, a behavioral ecologist. And um, I, once I got to Duke as a Ph.D. student, all of a sudden I realized I could tie these two things together. I could look at behavior on a phylogeny. Right. And right about then, uh, Andy Purvis's uh, you know, composite estimate of primate phylogeny came out, mm-hmm. and um, I just started running with it. You know, so I've, you're right. I've always been interested in that big picture. Yeah. And at the beginning, I mean, so 
more recently, most of your fo uh, focus or research has been in kind of the area of health and disease right. and uh, from an evolutionary perspective. Right. But was it right. always like that as well when you started no, thinking I, about this? You know, I started out uh, really studying basic kind of questions in primate socioecology with Carl Van Schaik as mm -hmm. my advisor uh, as, an under, as a PhD student. And, you know, so I have chapters in my PhD dissertation that, you know, involve the number of males in primate groups. Right. And, the evolution of sexual swellings right, and, you know, right, things right. like that. And uh, it was at Duke when I was, uh, as a Ph.D. student, interacting with a lot of people over in zoology and botany uh, that I came across a guy named Giannis Antonovic, and mm -hmm. um, he really got me interested in disease. He was the one who, you know, said if there's ever a group where we could study infectious disease comparatively, it would mm -hmm. be primates. Mm -hmm. and. So he actually ended up leaving Duke and going to University of Virginia, and John Gittleman simultaneously moved up there, another comparative biologist. And, uh, you know, we, the three of us, worked together on, uh, you know, studies of infectious disease. Mm -hmm. And I've been thrilled. You know, it still goes on. There's still so many answers, so many questions that uh, we don't have good answers absolutely. to. Absolutely. Really I mean, nice challenges. Absolutely. You know? I mean, it does seem to be picking up steam a little bit uh, more yeah. recently. but And in part because of some of the things that you've put together, like the... Uh, 2006 book on infectious diseases, yeah. and it, at around the same time frame, the Global Mammal Parasite Database. That's so right. That's what, right. What was kind of the impetus for setting that up for you, or how did that come about? Right. So that again goes back to Giannis Antonovic, and that was, um, you know, it, that was one of his ideas, really, you know, in a very um, preliminary form. And uh, he knew that he realized that I didn't know anything about parasites when I started there. And so he <laughs> he uh, teamed me up with a woman named Sonia Altizer, a mm -hmm. professor now at University of Georgia. And she at the time was a postdoc that had uh, was an undergraduate with Giannis uh, mm -hmm. uh, at Duke. Um, and uh, we actually are the ones who ended up, you know, putting together that database. And, mm -hmm. and Giannis never actually was on any of the papers. <laughs> uh, but that's very much, you know, like Giannis to just orchestrate, right. you know, collaborations and support them. Right. And, um, so, uh, yeah, it was really Sonia and I who set that up, and uh, we continue to work on it, you know, together, collaboratively. Yeah. And in the beginning, so it was, I mean, it's a global mammal database, so... Right. What kind of, I don't know, time commitment, for example, was in that, or, I mean... Well, the intention was to eventually include, you know, multiple groups of mammals, and we, yeah. do, we do include um, terrestrial hooved mammals, right. um, ungulates, in other words, but... Um, uh, carnivores and primates and uh, you know we have a couple of other databases that have really never been completed um, mm -hmm. that are also listed there but you know it just is too overwhelming mm -hmm. you know the the rate of uh, papers coming out mm -hmm. you know we just can't keep up with in all of mm -hmm. those groups and so I've kept the lead on the primates and I'm you know woefully far behind uh, but you know I welcome anyone to send me papers you know mm -hmm. as they come out and we try to enter them mm -hmm. um, you know it's usually about a year lag but mm -hmm. you know we're, we're trying to keep up as much as we can right and of course that I mean that database in itself is off has allowed you guys to I mean put out quite a fair number of studies using it and I guess externally as well you have uh, people with a lot of interest in that as well. Sure. You know, I'm amazed that this keeps, you know, producing <laughs> papers. Yeah. And um, we have, you know, through various collaborations, friends, you know, whatever, new ideas pop up. And mm -hmm. we say, oh, yeah, we could look at that with the Global Mammal Parasite Database. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's partly a reflection of how dynamic the field of, of disease ecology is right. and the kinds of questions that just continuously are, you know, coming up with right. community ecology, for example, or whatever. Um you know, so it, it's been really exciting. I guess the key thing, though, I should say is 
Um, using the database does not require that any of us be a co-author. You know, we the database is entirely available. Right. You know, the core of it. And um, there are other parts of it that are not available on our website, but people send us emails and we shoot them, you know, we run a query and send them the data. Okay. Um, but most of it is available okay. you know, just directly on the web page. Cool. And so um, just to move on a little bit, uh, more recently you've been getting more and more involved, I think, in the field of evolutionary medicine as well. That's right. So you're, correct me if I'm wrong, it's director of the Triangle Center for Evolutionary That's right. Medicine at Duke? That's right. Um, many of your listeners will be familiar with NESINT, the National Evolutionary Synthesis Center. It was mm-hmm. an NSF-funded mm-hmm. uh, synthesis center for 11 years uh, in du- at, well, it's in Durham. Uh, it's actually between Duke, UNC, Chapel Hill, and NC State. Um, and as that uh, closed down, there was a defined 10-year period of funding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we looked for a new, you know, a real new, a, a new opportunity, uh, a way to really continue um, this kind of evolutionary and synthetic perspective. Uh, but with a more applied dimension to mm-hmm. it. And so we moved it in the direction of evolutionary medicine. Mm-hmm. That's simply uh, this field in which people are taking an evolutionary and ecological perspective on human health. Mm-hmm. So what are the kind of major directives or objectives that you're involved with there through that center? Right. So uh, a lot of what I'm involved with in, uh, is uh, infectious disease related. Uh, we team up with, for example, the Duke Tropical Conservation Initiative to look at um, how biodiversity loss influences infectious disease risk. Right. Um, I'm also involved with organizing various kinds of symposia and other events. We have one coming up in uh, December on um, uh, linking sleep disparities, differences in sleep to health disparities mm-hmm. uh, in humans in that case. Um, you know, we have a lot of different things that go on. We have seed grants and you know working groups that we fund and regular RFPs and you know, we're always looking for, you know, sort of the edges of, of knowledge and where right. we can bring in new people to the triangle right. area, not just Duke, but the other okay. universities in the research triangle of North okay. Carolina. Great. So at IPS 2016 here, uh, I caught your talk, and so you were talking about sleep. That's right. So maybe you can just uh, we'll just close sure. out the interview on, on sleep here so our listeners can uh, hit this. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, for those of you who are still awake. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, sleep is a fascinating area to me. Um, I originally got interested in this over 10 years ago. We got an NIH. We received an NIH grant to study the evolution of sleep in mammals. And um, we produced a database, which is available online for people to download the database uh, on sleep durations. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been fun. It really paid off. And then it sort of petered out. And now it's come back to life again, mm-hmm. um, partly through some work we were doing at the Duke Lemur Center on sleep, but also because of a postdoc in my lab, uh, David Sampson, who, who joined the lab. And he wanted to learn some comparative methods. And uh, I said, well, you know, one thing we haven't done is look at sleep in mm. humans and, uh, you know, really try to understand sleep in humans relative to other primates. Mm-hmm. I developed some new methods that allow us to look at evolution along a single branch. So we threw all the data together and put in a value for humans. And we were incredibly surprised to see that actually humans, you know, sleep much less than you would predict. Right. Um, and so these methods basically allow us to use all the variation across other primates mm-hmm. um, to build statistical models that enable us to predict what we would find in mm-hmm. humans, you know, given our phylogenetic position, given our other phenotypic characteristics. And 
you know, if we do this, we come up with an expected sleep duration of 10.3 hours, right? Which probably not many of us are even near that. Not many people sleep that much. <laughs> it's the very tail ends of the natural human distribution sleep yeah. time. And um, we realized we were onto something pretty interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, so we've, we've proposed that throughout human evolution, We've had things that are better to do than sleep, we, mm-hmm. and just like we do today. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we all have things that we'd rather be doing than sleep, and so we whittle away at our sleep time. And it actually appears that natural selection has been doing that you know, for us for millions right. of years. Yeah. That's a fascinating topic. And uh, for the, in the interest of time, I'll just uh, let you go here. But thanks okay. for joining us on The Primate yep. Cast. It was great. I enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity. You have been listening to The Primate Cast, a podcast series dedicated to the study and conservation of primates around the world. Brought to you by the Centre for International Collaboration and Advanced Studies in Primatology of the Primate Research Institute of Kyoto University. Visit us online at www.cicasp.pri.kyoto-u.ac.jp forward slash news forward slash podcasts. And follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash the primatecast and on Twitter at the primatecast.